Hello, and welcome to this, the final episode of season one of Amazon Roots. My name is Casey Burkholder, and I'm here with my co-host, Brittany Richards. We are coming from you. We are coming to you. <laughs> and from and from you. We are coming to you and from you. I'm located in Toronto, Ontario. And oh, uh Fredericton, New Brunswick. Unseated and unsurrendered Willistigway territory. Love that. Mississaugas of the credit. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so this is a special episode where we have thrown caution to the wind and completely ditched our original plan of speaking about a widow for one year by John what? Irving. Ditched it for two or perhaps three episodes. I'm just reminding the listeners in case they missed the last two episodes. I'm just reminding the listener <laughs> in case he missed the last two episodes. My breath um, is going to catch up to this and he will get there eventually. And so will Ellen. So we do have plural listeners. Now, I'm just reminding them in case they've skipped ahead. We are no longer talking about the novel. And tonight is a special edition <laughs> focused in poetry. So, okay. The last time we were chatting, we were talking about um, my wedding, which took place in a cabin. I mean, that's like where we stayed. The children stayed in a cabin. Correct. Um, but during that time, when we were in the cabin, we were kind of, as Brittany said, creeping around, trying to look through people's possessions, which we found a lot. Uh, but then after a while, that got boring. And so we started making fun of people we knew tangentially. And uh, we were reminded of this person that um, my partner, Tyler, myself <laughs> I suppose my neighbors are playing in the backyard so. <laughs> I know I saw I'm like who are those kids behind <laughs> you long asleep these are my these are my kids buds and uh, they come here and play after school so uh my neighbors <laughs> sweet little ones but anyway uh yes so we got bored of looking around these people's things and we started reminiscing about people we hated and we were all reminded of this night so um, my partner Tyler and his best friend Will, who is like the greatest person in the world, mm -hmm. um, were Great. both doing a master's in creative writing, Will in poetry and Tyler in fiction at Concordia University in the 2010s. And during this time, um, Tyler was employed at this like sketchy art magazine, like writing magazine. And part of that job was having to go to all these like poetry events and things. And so I often found myself attending these like reading nights because like that's part of the job of being a grad student is like you show up at stuff. I was being a good partner, whatever. Um, plus like there were cool places to go. But one night we went to this place called The Sparrow and there were the regular like young people sharing their poetry and writing that was really interesting including one person do you remember jay ritchie we loved his yeah poem. we bought we bought his we poem bought i do He's remember like fully a published author now but we bought that poem because we liked it so much that was his first piece of work he ever sold as i recall so yeah. it wasn't all bad 
How about- oh, no. No, so much of it was not bad. But the thing that was bad was worse than all the good. That's right. The bad outweighed the good by so much. A very, very heavy ratio. Like one of those, like, if you think about a cartoon piano. Mm-hmm. Crash. Or an, an anvil. <laughs> or an anvil. But either or, like a cartoon anvil or piano, like falling from an apartment building onto the street is what this experience. So let us set the stage. Okay. So so I we I am visiting Casey and Tyler from I at the time I'm living in Calgary and this is I think I think this is actually my first visit to Montreal. So we go to this poetry bar and this is very cool for me because there aren't a lot of poetry readings in Calgary. And so this is like a big deal. We're going we're going to this like cool hipster neighborhood and this like cool bar and we can drink and the bathroom has wallpaper like I'm really setting the stage for for you people here and so anyway um a couple of the what do we call them opening acts the more junior poets uh take the microphone they they do their work and at this point the bar is full because it's what eight nine o'clock and as it gets a little later, the bar starts to thin out and the headliner is there and he notices the dwindling crowd. And um, I don't think that he thinks it's, you know, the hour that is sending people home. He thinks it is that the opening poets maybe aren't holding the attention of the crowd, mayhaps. And so rather than waiting for all of the opening acts to go, he insists that he goes on immediately before the crowd is completely lost. And then he proceeds to insult the crowd, which as a performer with a degree in the performing arts, (laughs) it is like showmanship 101. do not insult your audience like just don't make them feel shitty so the headliner gets up there and and he starts um basically ripping apart the people who have left say and i and i quote they're not poetry people we're poetry people that's right Thank you for being my memory. I didn't remember that until you said it and it's flooding back. Yes. And so this very special guest who is, who was born in Canada, had relocated to the UK about 20 years ago, but um, he has an extreme fear of flying, like like an extreme phobia of flying. And he brought this up many many times after he took the stage to basically just like let the audience know how lucky we were to be seeing him live but in the flesh because he has a fear of flying and he lives in england and like what a treat it was for us to be seeing him after he like overcame all these obstacles to take a transatlantic flight do you recall that no I don't. 
And then he But read, I do remember hating him. And almost oh. immediately, just like his posturing. No, his whole, his energy, everything about this man sucked. <laughs> and then he read a few poems that were also equally like self-deprecating and just like so long. And essentially after i don't even know how long he went on for i remember taking a couple of selfies in the bathroom we got back to your place that night and i was like okay it's cool i'm in montreal and all and everything's much cooler here but i don't care who you are that guy was an asshole and there's no way we're the only people who think so <laughs> that's correct so what happened next i said let's look this guy up he's got to be on the internet because assholery of that level has magnitude. Got, magnitude yeah. has got to be documented so we, they casey and tyler were like well what should we search and i was like the guy's name was todd swift so i said just look up todd swift asshole and and see if anything comes up did anything come up oh did it ever as predicted we were not the only people that found this guy on, on the first taste of this guy to be you know pretty assholey that's right yeah, so we found this blog post from 2005. So I don't remember when we did this. It was probably 2014. I think it was a 2011. The really? fall, fall of 2011. That early? 2012? 2012. I think it was 2012. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was 2012. Yeah, okay. fall of 2012. Yeah. That's right. It was 2012. You're mm -hmm. totally mm -hmm. right. Last year of my master's degree. Yes, and it was that, like yeah. that like Halloween party. Do you remember you were Diane Keaton? I was Woody Allen. Yes, from Annie Hall. That's still like one of my favorite costumes I've ever done. It's a great one. It's I great. Think, you know, like <laughs> I do know. Look, mom, these things don't age. My mom well. said my mom said that from the beginning. I ignored it. My mom was right, but it was a good costume look it is what it is it was a great costume and mm -hmm. i still like that movie even though that like artist is a creep it's, it's yes creep. yes i agree Fully a creep. unfortunately and i love that movie it's a great it's movie good. he's a creep these things are i know i like that like i like bands from my youth of people who have like literally literally harmed me <laughs> like literally harmed me <laughs> me yes <laughs> and i still listen to their records uh, yeah. and love them i flipping love their records. i know like i and they harm me, me. <laughs> so louis ck didn't harm me personally but he's a creep and i struggle with getting past that because i just fucking love him and it sucks and it and it, and it is hard it's like and is the whole, well, I can separate the man from the art. Is that a good excuse? I don't know. It's very- No, it's totally not. It's just also, yeah. the truth is, I like those records so much. 
Yeah, and I I love Louis C.K.'s jokes, and I'm sorry that he was a fucking creep and had to ruin it all, but I just think he's hilarious. And, like, I'm a professor, and it happens a lot that especially male professors will... Even that night. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that guy's been, like, fired, (laughs) like, for sure. Yeah. But like, uh, it happens a lot that male professors have inappropriate sexual relationships with their younger students. I could not imagine. Like, mm-hmm. I, I cannot understand of all the people in the world you can make out with. The person you want to make out with is like someone who's idolizing you for your job and your ability to help them like it's a turn off for me (laughs) I'm inclined to agree like I love my students I love them but like not in not in a family way not in a sexual way in a like I want almost like a like a like a mentor way not mom that makes perfect sense all I want for you is to do what you want to do and I will help in whatever way I can so that you can do the thing that you're so excited about because as a person I'm like I'm really into when people are excited about an idea or whatever so like I get wrapped up in people's ideas and I'm into them and I like them as humans but like there is nothing about any of that that feels to me useful for coercion, assault. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I don't get it. Not just because I'm a person in the world who's been taken advantage of, but also like, I don't, I don't get the You don't appeal. see the appeal. Yeah. I don't get the appeal. Yeah. No, nor do I. I, I suppose we probably will not. And listen, I'm not saying that I haven't been attracted to a younger man because I have, especially at a period of time in my life where I really did not want anything serious and all I wanted was to be frivolous and have fun. And then I did find, uh, you know, a younger man to be quite enticing and attractive and, and a good time. But there was no like mentor mentee relationship. There right, was that no, power wasn't there. Yeah, we were peers except for our ages. We were in the same community. We met through like arts, and yeah. my age wasn't even like a fact. Like I was very aware of his age, but like it wasn't a thing, you know. Yeah, it didn't factor into it. So, and it's not like he was like sixteen. Or an undergraduate, uh, and you were his teacher. No, he was fully in his middle twenties. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yeah, there was no hierarchy. There was no. I think that's important to think through, but I also think that it's maybe uh, not. Perhaps everyone has thought through those dynamics, but they're important to think through. Yeah, I mean, is it? It might be like a double standard. I don't know about that. I've seen like shitty behavior from people, 
from like people in power across the gender spectrum right I think it's like more often like cis dudes like nine yeah. times out of ten that's <laughs> kind of what I was thinking yeah <laughs> but still like yeah power is power can make people shitty for sure power yes and and so power may have made this particular poet shitty or perceived power yeah i just like really hated him almost instantly the way that he spoke like he had sort of like um a fancy intonation and Mm -hmm. a disregard for everything in the room and yeah it was almost like he insulted everyone who had left and everyone who was still there he forgot it like not everyone wanted to be there (laughs) couldn't you win us over this like a little song and dance instead of like well and yeah like very very long boring homes you might be the headliner but we haven't heard of you we don't know who you are and like i'm sorry but like you're not bruce springsteen like you're gonna sit up here and tell us and then he proceeded to tell us things about his life that were very um personal which you know what i applaud that but they weren't really disclosed in in a humble manner would you agree i would agree i recall that (laughs) actually anyway so he read what three or four poems what are you what are you referring to with that (laughs) i don't know i didn't know if it was insensitive but i just and i i i don't know who's listening you know do okay so i'll just talk about the line that i've never forgotten he talked at length about how he could not impregnate his wife which has to be very challenging and i i can't imagine how that must feel and I just remember he wrote that poem, which we're going to come to this later, but it was like, I did blah, 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 blah. I this, I this, I that, is how the, the cadence of the poem went. And then about the infertility, he said, I left a black pearl on the pillow. That was his line about his. But wasn't life. there a poem that was like, I'm not a this, I'm a that. It's not a this, <laughs> if it's not a that. It's not that, if it's not a this. It's yeah. not a blah blah. If it's not a blue blee. Yeah. Look at us remembering this one night. That's how much we hated this trip. So anyway, we go back to my house. We decide to Google this person's name and the word asshole, and we find this blog post in 2005. And basically, this person whose blog is called Poetry Snark um, creates this blog post that's called stunning wankery from Canada and the person's name. And then they start talking about how this person is the biggest tool in poetry uh, and like how he's the absolute worst. And then many people reply to this post, Mm. including the person who is um, maligned in the post. And the person who's maligned in the post (laughs) says, um, also, I'd like to tell you that it, it showed up on June 21st, 2005, and that same day the author found it. Oh, I'm lying. Sorry, June 26th. So it was five days later, but still. I, 
I'm only going to read to you what the author writes and then our favorite reply to the author. So the author we hated writes, I'm honored to be snarked as it means I am a sort of sacred cow indeed. Mm -hmm. I note the continuous use of abuse heaped on me by your quote unquote wits is aptly reminiscent of my ancestor's own satire. However, being accused of wankery by the likes of you seems rather preposterous as your sight is a simulacrum of the sort of egotistical effrontery that can claim my reviews are from a series of poets no one has ever heard of. Well, anyone who reads poetry will have heard of the chap whose quote regarding Ginsburg you cite. He won the T.S. Eliot prize last year. I think you're just jealous that I have an agent and don't mind making ironic references to Citizen Kane in my publicity. I'm afraid my site's over-the-top satire of publishing's vain and pretentious foppery was lost on you. Maybe because you're too busy lying in the toilet, looking up at the turds. Wow. And, and then our favorite reply follows immediately. Um, just a few hours later from a person who's called Bill Blood, <laughs> who replies by your ancestors. Do you mean Tim Horton, which is a Canadian joke? And by the by, one could only be jealous of you for that anatomical anomaly you possess, that of two assholes, the anus common to us all. <laughs> the second, your anus looking face and assy poetry, ass gangster pony, ass ass faster. And I will never forget that as like to me, the like, the absolute, Tippy that top. is yes, oh, the pinnacle. Stark. It's the pinnacle. It's the tippy tippy top. It's true, and there are those many... are the funniest mean words ever written on the internet. Ass, ass, pony, ass, faster. It's like the anus coming to us all. <laughs> the anus coming to us all on the second. Your anus looking face and assy poetry, ass gangster, pony, ass, ass faster. I like it's so beautiful. Anyway, that was like okay. Those those things happened in two thousand and five. I was in my undergrad. I had no idea who this person was. I had no idea that seven years later I would meet them, and hate them too. Just like poetry snark, and Bill Blood. Also, like if someone's writing shit about you on the internet, aren't you gonna ignore it? Especially as someone who's a quote unquote public figure, like why would the you? The fact I know the fact that he like commented and then said that being snarked made him feel like a sacred cow. I was like, yeah. uh, like if someone was like ripping the shit out of me on a blog post, I don't know that I would like respond to it. Yeah, me too. Like I don't think I would quote dignify it with a response yeah um so i'm going to read like one or two verses of, of a todd swift poem that a what will we call it tribute poem is based off of just so you can all get an appreciation for the cadence you've read yes 
So this is a poem written by Todd Swift, Todd the Swift, called, It's Not a Poem Unless It's Seen. And so I'm just going to read the first two verses because it's really way too long. It's not a machine unless homegrown. It's not a phone unless it types by horse. It's not a hearse unless you get outborn. It's not a greenhorn unless it blows. It's not a rose if it smells like glass. It's not a pass if you fail to kiss. It's not a miss if you knock it out. It's not a parka if it's sprayed on. And it goes on for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine more verses. That was one of the poems that Todd Swift read that night at the Sparrow. And a few years later, for my birthday, one Casey Burkholder wrote me a poem in the style of Todd Swift that was based on our inside jokes, which by now you are probably aware of many of them, <laughs> having listened to this very podcast. Uh, so without any further ado, I'm going to read uh, this poem called It's Not a Best Friend by Casey Burkholder in the style of one Todd the Swift. Which I have no real recollection of writing, by the way. You, you may recall, however, that I read it at your wedding. No? Okay, well, this will be your sec second time hearing it. <laughs> it's not a best friend if it isn't you. It's not a doll if it isn't named Brad Hambone Harris or Gully Flippy Gowdy. It's not a van if it isn't an Aerostar. It's not an old folks home if it, if it isn't burning down. It's not a mailbox if it is stuffed with fast food garbage. It's not a dirty backyard if it's not owned by old man Sobri. It's not a mascot if it's not the gray buzzards. It's not a helmet if it's not called hurricane. It's not a summer camp unless it's mystery themed. It's not a trip to D Dutchman Dairy unless someone vomits. <laughs> It's not a bus ride unless the driver asks, are you from Alboya, Alboya, Alboya? It's not a cool runnings gala without being too good to be true. It's not a hangover unless it's drinking an entire bottle of hypnotique. It's not a nickname if it's not Hurricane Hugo or Band-Aids. It's not a trip to a convenience store without a lecture about hanging out. It's not a baby unless it rides on the bus with us and is named Chastity. I'm probably <laughs> making that name up. It's not a babysitting gig without a popcorn fire. It's not a family vacation without my dad yelling, what did you take? What did you take? It's not a coffee shop if it's not grounds for pleasure. It's not a fall scene without the beautiful Canadian leaves. It's not a poet if it's not Todd Swift. They're not poetry people. We are poetry people. <laughs> so much funnier in the past. That's so sad. I cried. That's amazing. I'm so glad <laughs> I made that and put it, it in the world. It was a very well-written poem, I must say. <laughs> but why did we get those dolls? And then why did we go and decide that we would call our dolls the name of the people that we saw at Blockbuster Video? Well, I think that was fantastic. Because so for, for just, to, just so everyone knows what we're talking about, Casey and I were at Superstore for some reason and there were these like demonic looking very creepy dolls 
so disgusting looking like by the till i want to say and we were like oh my god they're so ugly they're so weird we have to buy these dolls they're so funny so we bought these baby dolls and i think we have driven to the superstore to buy like cheap candy and microwave popcorn for a movie night yeah before we went to blockbuster to rent the movie because the 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 microwave popcorn and candy was too marked up at blockbuster and so as we were bringing these baby dolls home we were like okay what are we going to name them we will name them the name of like the first employee (laughs) at blockbuster that's right and so one was called brad and one was called gully (laughs) which was fantastic and i don't know oh i know where we got ham bone and flippy yeah it was from the, the jack, jack candy the book. jack candy book of do, you, like, do you remember that joke like if you saw a dolphin what would its name be flippy or hambone you might think flippy but you'd be wrong it's hambone <laughs> something like that i'm not doing it just no no that's exactly right and then we chose the names of our of our grade six boyfriends kyle gowdy and wes harris yeah, so Brad Hambone Harris and Gully Flippy Gowdy. Those are two good names. <laughs> I mean, should either of us have a child? Well, you've it's got a child. Funny. Yeah, yeah, but I wasn't going to name her a joke. Name. But if I have another kid, it's like the joke kid, right? Like the second is a joke, right? <laughs> good like <time>. my brother. <laughs> yeah. Kidding actually listener that's why i was making the break he was supposed to be here tonight as a guest star but but he'll star um in an episode of season two which will be coming yeah coming soon and also we have a new idea obviously we had to retire a widow for one year because it's garbage (laughs) (laughs) so we couldn't finish it it is what it is but so i saw the show called pen 15 and when i was watching it i was like no this is like fully what we were like first of all the world is just two years like they're two years the characters are two years younger than us but it's still the world the music is right the clothes are right the awkwardness is right the dialogue everything about it is it reminds me of our junior high time together but you haven't seen it. And I would love, as I was watching it, I was like, you have to watch this, texting you. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I will. But yeah, I did watch the first two episodes. Then I accidentally watched like the season, like the recap of season one. And it annoyed me that I accidentally saw too much. And so then I stopped watching it. But now I have this reason to watch it. And by the way, if if you write pen 15 on your hand, it looks like penis. I'll never forget that. In From case you day. people didn't know. Just in case the listeners didn't know. It's like the flick. three listeners. I feel like the three listeners know that 10 15 is penis. But what if they didn't? They what did. if it's like, okay, pen 15, penis. Anyway. Part of the pen 15 club. That's right. So we are going to do that for season two. But for now, um, you know, we failed with season one. Let's see if we fail with season two. Hey. Hey, hey, I, hey. We pivoted, okay? We pivoted. We did not fail. 
I can't read that book. Like, I don't know what to do with it. I feel like that's it's, not it's a failure. Like, Sunk cost fallacy. We've talked about this. Walking <laughs> away from something that you haven't finished is okay. Pursuing something because you feel you need to finish it because of the sunk cost fallacy <laughs> is what's this? It's for you. Thank you. You know what that is? That is a good man. <laughs> good man dropped off. Is this a like a cherry coat? A vodka cherry coat? Yep. That, my ladies and gentlemen, is what <laughs> I call picking the right partner, selecting and connecting with the right person for you. I agree. What a gem. I will also say, listeners, that my partner silently refilled my wine during our But I will also say that he gave me a message to send him a text message when I'd like a little more wine. And I will tell you, listeners, that 24 minutes elapsed from the initial text to the wine fulfillment. So, you know, we all have work to do. Did you get the wine fulfillment i did you did eventually but yeah it was a 24 minute and there were one oh, two yeah. three four oh. five, seven texts <laughs> well this came unannounced i it's very red looking but uh you know enjoy listeners i think that's a great place to leave you thank you for being with us for hannah's and we're season one Stay tuned for season two, which I, I believe will begin imminently because the pandemic remains and we still have things to do. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, thank you for joining us. You're not poetry people. We're poetry people. <laughs> That's right. Bye. Bye.